Crack, and you're listening to Molly Huddle, Alicia Montano, and Roisin McGettigan-Dumas. We want to highlight the important topics, inspiring stories, and amazing women in sport. We're three Olympians from two countries, two moms, and one current pro coming together to talk about issues we're passionate about in the sports world. And we care about the current and future landscape of women's sports. And this is just how we're keeping track. This week on Keeping Track, Roisin was live on site in Sacramento for the 2019 Cal International Marathon, a.k.a. the Olympic Trials Qualifier Factory. Over 70 women qualified for the Olympic Trials, bringing the total to around 500 women now under the 245 standard, and over 200 men have gone under the 219 men's qualifying standard. Today, I phone in to Roe and the guest, Obsi Biru, on site while Alicia takes this pod week off. Obzi is the 2019 CIM second place women and top American woman finisher, setting a huge five-minute PR. We talk about Obzi's work-run balance, her Ethiopian heritage, including the differences in African running culture and the U.S. running culture, her time spent at New England Distance in Rhode Island, her nutrition improvements, her NAIA college days where she ran the marathon in track season, and the unique way she worked with her competitor today to set that five-minute PR as well as her perspectives of maintaining joy, gratitude, and community through running. Shoutouts to Noon for supporting our on-site coverage for this week's episode. Thanks for keeping track. Hi, guys. We're here at CIN in Sacramento, and I have the top American finisher from today's race in the women's race, who is Obsi Biru. Well done, Obsi. You were second overall. Thank you. Um, how are you doing? You ran 230.25 and you're second overall top American. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Feeling good. Yeah. Yeah. It was, the race it was a couple a fun... of hours ago. Yeah. What have you done since then? Uh, the award ceremony took mm-hmm. a little while and then went back to the hotel and did a... Oh, no, I ate. I ate. That's very important. <laughs> I ate right after the awards and then uh, went back to the hotel and did like a little two and a half mile shake out and then nice. now I'm good to go. Wow, good for you. <laughs> nice. How are the legs feeling right now? Pretty good actually. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I kind of like doing those shakeouts just so to get all the junk moving yeah. and then tomorrow I don't wake up and feel <laughs> like I got hit by a car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you, this, how many marathons have you run? Oh gosh, uh, not too many but several. Yeah. Uh, so I would say maybe I'm around like six. I'm not six sure. So. Yeah. Okay, so you know what to expect tomorrow in the next few days if yeah. you have your own kind of way of managing it. What what what, what are you going to expect? <laughs> Yeah, so I'm really lucky in the sense that my body bounces back really well from like those type of things and mm-hmm. races. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that has a lot to do with the fact that I'm a good eater. Okay. Yeah. So you restore like the glycogen in the legs really quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Obsi, can you tell us like your nutrition plan a little bit for pre and post marathon? Yeah, so I'm just like normal. Um, one of the things I've struggled with in the past has been eating meat. Uh, but one of my post-collegiate coach did <laughs> <laughs> help me with that. So ever since I started working with Kurt, uh, now like... Kurt uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll give some quick background before you go into okay. your answer. So we know Obsi from her time at New England Distance, which is the post-college program in Rhode Island that um, I'm on the board of, and that's what my race fundraises for. And my husband, Kurt, um, coaches the athletes. So... 
obviously was in New England distance the last two years, was it a year and a half, two years? Two years. Um, and she's in Phoenix now, so Kurt hasn't coached her for this buildup, but he, he did coach her for a while. And so we know obviously well. She was like one of the kids' favorite coaches at the middle <laughs> schools that she was coaching at in Rhode Island. So um, they miss you. And yeah, we're stoked to see you running well. So just to give some background on you there. Um, we can go back to your nutrition advice. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Start eating more meat in your curves. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of like it got used to that. I had an issue in 2018 where I was like really vitamin D and iron deficient. Uh, so I started like eating a lot more beef, implementing Mm -hmm. that. Uh, other than that, my diet is like really simple. I wouldn't even, I would call it nutrition when diet is like associated with bad terms. Uh, I'm a really good eater in the sense that like my background too, I, was born and grew up in Ethiopia until I was 12. Okay. Uh, so really I'm used to eating a lot of greens, a lot of vegetables, and those are the things that I enjoy. Uh, so I don't really limit myself to anything. I just eat whatever I want, but junk is not really what I like. <laughs> do, you, do you eat like traditional Ethiopian food even when you're in the uh, Not really, not no. as often as I should. Especially in Phoenix now, there's restaurants. I should really go. But uh, <laughs> no, uh, mostly just, you know, um, I, I cook a lot. So I usually like, you know, my work week starts on Wednesday. So I cook uh, Tuesday and I have my meals ready for every day of the week. Oh, okay. Uh, Oh, wow. Yeah. My breakfast is pretty simple. Yes. I was going to say to you, you you work full time. Mm -hmm, And what do do you do, Absi? So I'm an academic uh, advisor for an online based university that's based out of San Diego, but okay. I, my office is in Scottsdale. So I'm oh, okay. enrollment advisor for the School of Business, Technology, and Education. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> many hours a week do you work there? So I work 40, so I work four tens. So I work four 10-hour days. Oh, okay. Wednesday through Saturday. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And you, when you work in 10-hour days, how do you train on those days? Uh, so my lunch is usually around 1 p.m. So I go and run on my lunch for my mm-hmm. double. So I get up in the morning, usually at 5, uh, like wow. 4.50 wow. a.m. And wow. I do my first run. <laughs> Ooh, early mornings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll meet you two hours later. <laughs> for the, for the 1 o'clock one. Yeah. <laughs> Your but, second run. I'll be my morning run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll do my first run at like 5 a.m. And then I come back, get showered, get to work by 8 a.m. And then I take my lunch at 1. And then on my lunch, usually I can get in about four miles. Okay. And shower and get back to work. Oh, right. Nice. Yeah. Wow. So obviously, I know, like, I think, Roshin, you kind of identified with this too. You, did you two both feel like um, you ran better when you had something going on on the side, whether it was a part-time job or a project versus full-time, like, running? running because I know obviously in New in New England you said you wanted to do more um, and now you are and you're thriving and happy and running better than ever yeah so I actually it's funny because I think about Kurt a lot <laughs> sometimes uh, <laughs> even though he's not coaching me I still use some of the things like I mean what I would Kurt say <laughs> <laughs> exactly what would Kurt say uh, but yeah no I think it's just definitely balance I need balance and I need more things going on in my life so I think that's definitely uh, helping me I think I'm the type of person who feels like you know they're mm-hmm 
they're doing more. Um, yeah. So I work full time. And then I also I started a graduate program as well. <laughs> oh, wow. You added to that since I last. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just kind of helping me have a balance. Like if I go and have a bad run, it's like, OK, well, shower because the other part of life is still going on. So mm-hmm. it's good to just really have that balance for me, I noticed. And I think that's one of the things he discovered about me and I'm glad he didn't like discourage it. And he was like, okay, that's how you are. And he's going to find a way to support that because mm-hmm. I, I really need, I need that. Yeah. I'm like a busybody. <laughs> yeah. And you feel that it takes a bit of pressure off your running when you've got other things to kind of de- not define yourself as, but as ro- other roles and other responsibilities in your life. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely takes the pressure off. And then also I think I'm like pretty realistic about what I am with running. Like I love it and I want to keep like striving and keep thriving. Uh, but at the same time, I think I've always had this thing where I want it to be the positive part of my life. Okay. And uh, what, that's, I think one of the things he also saw, like, even if it's, you know, for 30 minutes and I'm not working out, I, you know, I still want to enjoy it and I don't want to mm-hmm. lose that joy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that has a lot to do with to my background and like where I'm from running is like something it's a big deal mm-hmm. but it was never like a huge pressure uh, mm-hmm. and I think along the way to like throughout high school throughout college and post-collegiately I've just always had this man who cared about me as a person first okay. and then as a runner second mm-hmm. so it's it was never like uh you know, we're not going to like you if you don't do well. It was always like mm-hmm. they nurture me and it's like, okay, you need to be okay first. You know, your health is first. And then the running kind of mm-hmm. took, you know, yeah. second. So yeah. That and was you very... been your coaches. Yeah. You've yeah. always had that positive support and seen you as a whole person. Yeah. So my high school coach and his wife, whom are actually coming to spend Christmas with me in Phoenix. So just on that, where did you grow up? So I grew up in, uh, I was born in Ethiopia and grew up there until I was 12. And then I moved to Des Moines, Iowa from 12 okay. to all the way through college. So it's not surprising they want to come and see well, you. In December, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. No, I was not the warmest. Yeah. <laughs> and just like uh, in high school, one of the things he, his goal is to have lifelong runners. Mm-hmm. And he wants us to just like be healthy people and enjoy, really enjoy running for what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've noticed it's like really something it's the best part of my day if I have a bad day at work mm-hmm. or, you know, if other things in life are not going well, I can always go run and feel better, even mm-hmm. if it's like slow. Obviously, did that, did your high school coach introduce you to running or did you run when you were in Ethiopia? So in Ethiopia, running is kind of funny because you have all these like amazing people that come out of there. So it was introduced to me very early. And one of the things that they do is is such a huge running culture. So they do a parade for the Olympians when they come back from the Olympics Mm -hmm. and the whole country basically goes out to see them. So as a kid, I was like, oh, wow, like it would be so cool to be one of those people someday. Mm -hmm. But I always like kids just run around and race just for the fun of it, like in the schoolyard. So it was never really like a a sport that you, it's not organized like the U.S. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you play soccer, you do other things too. I mean, running is involved, but running is not the only thing that you do. Mm -hmm. Um, It's more just for fun. It's not like structured or like a lot of competitions at a young age. Yeah, yeah. It's not structured or anything like that. But in the U.S., like my PE teacher (laughs) kind of was like, oh, you, you could be good at this. And then. And I think in the seventh grade, I just wanted to make friends. Uh, English was my first language and running was really the only way that I could connect with people. So I went out for the cross country team just for the fun of it to make friends. And then I did it. And 
my parents never really pushed it. They were just like, oh, great, cool. You're going to do that? Okay, awesome. But uh, you just need to do well in school because they're very, like, academic-oriented. My dad was a professor and my mom was a guidance counselor. So oh, okay. yeah. I have two other brothers, two brothers, and so we were expected to do well in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, they valued that. Yeah, sense. but it was never like, oh, you're going to grow up to be an elite runner or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. My parents are very, like, grounded um, and realistic people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you yeah, obviously went to Grandview, is that mm-hmm. right? For university, yeah. it's NAIA, and so she mm-hmm. was actually allowed to run the marathon in college. Um, can you yeah. tell us about <laughs> your very first ever marathon? Yeah, so Grandview was awesome. Um, my coaches never made me feel like I was just part of the team, even though I was like accomplishing all these big goals along the way. Mm-hmm. So that was fun, and I kind of got to write my own like book there um but yeah so my first marathon we were two weeks out from nationals and my coach was like oh you know what he always thought he's like you could be good at the marathon but he was like adding up the team points and he's like oh man like we can get team points if maybe you wanted to run the marathon and then he's like maybe you can qualify for the trials and this was before the 2012 trials and I was like "Uh, okay so (laughs) uh, I loved the long run that's all I knew and the way that my team worked the girls were really I mean it wasn't that they were good but I was just at a different level so Mm -hmm. from day one I just practiced with the guys Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. they were like my brothers uh so they took me on this 18 mile run the marathon guys and I did it and I was like oh I like a coach this is actually kind of fun and he's like okay uh as long as you promise to drink your water and take your goo we'll do the marathon nationals so I had the 10k on Thursday night and then I had the four by eight on Friday and then the marathon on Saturday morning. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, a, like a stride for you. Yeah, <laughs> so he just kept it fun. I even yeah. got to do like four by four sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it was just like this fun thing I got to do. And it's like. And what did uh, you run there? So I ran, I went the 10K on Thursday night. Uh, our four by eight made all American. And that was my favorite part because just like. What did you run for that? Four by eight. I ran a 216 on my <laughs> leg. <laughs> yeah. And it was cool because like the girls, the three other girls I ran with, I've never gotten like all American. So yeah. that was, he was like, it's okay if you don't want, don't have to run the four by eight. And I'm like, no, no, I want to, because that was like our yeah. chance for them to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just always loved the team aspect. And then the marathon came Saturday morning and I'm like, okay, coach, I'm going to smile and tell it hurts. And I just got to run with the guys and it was fun. I didn't really think about the time mm-hmm, or like mm-hmm. the trial mark. I was like, whatever, like if it happens, great. If not, then, mm-hmm. and I guess it's actually the NAIA national record still. Oh, nice. uh, wow. I ended up running 246.40. Wow. And, and that uh, was just off 10K training basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> were you, what year in college were you? I was a junior. Yeah, I was a junior. Yep. Wow, yep. Nice. <laughs> you're 29 now, is it? I am 30. Oh, you're 30? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm well, 30. Nice. <laughs> and I was going to say, so you started at the 246, uh, and today you ran 230. So mm-hmm. that's an amazing progression in the last nine years or so yeah um so could you speak to yeah your progression and were, were you expecting a 230 today what was your goal going into the race 
Uh, so no, I don't really like to have like a time expectations on myself. I like to just run and like have a good race that I can be proud of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was like my goal today. I'm like, I'm going to go and see what this flat course everybody talks about. By the way, it's not flat. <laughs> there is rolling hills. <laughs> and and just like enjoy the experience. Uh, last year I wanted to do it, but because of all the iron stuff I was dealing with, I didn't get to. So yeah. And so today I just came here to do that and just enjoy it and Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just kind of funny I worked out so the girl I ran with Jane she has been in another marathon with me before in Twin Cities mm-hmm. this is the eventual winner Jane. yes the winner the woman that won and okay. so I knew that she would be somebody that's very encouraging mm-hmm. and that I could work with if I stayed with her yeah. but I wasn't sure because she came in with like a PR of 230 mm-hmm. so I was like okay well it's a risk uh, I was talking to Janet last night Janet Beckham and she she, you know, she's been through all of this, so she gives good advice. <laughs> and she's like, okay, well, yeah, like, if you think that would be the best choice, do it. But don't, you know, let yourself blow up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, I was like, okay, I'm just going to run with her and see what happens. In a mile nine, I was like, okay, you need to go, Jane, because I don't think I'm going to be able to hold this. And then she, she was looking, you were running together, like you're. Yeah, we were running together. Yeah, and then she, I was like, I think I'm going to drop. And she said, no, you're not going to leave me out here. Basically, that's what she said. <laughs> Just like, okay. Uh, so we ended up running together, like sharing water and everything until mile 20, I think 21. Wow. And then that's when I was like, okay, <laughs> I really, now I really can't hang. Yeah, you felt, you started feeling it. Yeah, I started feeling a thing. And what just, pace were you on at that point? Okay, so they said at mile 16, we're at 228, and I'm like, that can't be right. I was like, oh, no, what have I done? <laughs> because I'm not like, I don't usually look at my watch or anything like that. Okay. And then at the half mark, I avoid looking at the clock just because psychologically sometimes that messes with me. Yeah. Because in the past, I've come through the half like a minute under like over, under my PR. So I'm like, oh. half PR. I'm like, yeah. that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> so does that kind of freak you out if you see a time? Like there's this judgment part of it or something? Yeah, dangerous? I mean, yeah. I just think like this is something you don't need to worry about. Mm-hmm. I'd rather just worry about my breathing, mm-hmm. my relaxation, yeah. and just like, you know, gauge off of my body rather than a time. Yeah, I'm not yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You said you ran with, uh, Jane for a while yeah leader. Um, tell me if you agree with this this is my theory on marathoners that they're um, all the marathoners everyone thinks we're really nice because you approach the marathon as the competitor rather than the people because it's just so daunting and I like I actually have heard that before and I think of it like that so mm-hmm. like when you're out there you're almost like yeah, we're each on our own journey against this marathon, not like less so <laughs> against each other. Like, is that what kind of what it felt like? <laughs> yeah. And then also, I I don't know, maybe this is a cultural thing. Uh, I mean, I love my American counterparts. Don't get me wrong. But I just find it easier to work with my African counterparts when it comes to that mm. kind of stuff. Like. Yeah. Jane, is that part of the running culture over there? Yeah, I think it's part of the running culture. And there are a ton of Americans that are also willing to do that, but there are some that are not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like, you know, just just knowing that like you're on this journey together, like you said, it's like you both of you against the marathon instead of just like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's not about like, you know, the 800, you're, you're just sprinting past each other. And you're not mm-hmm. really like, <laughs> there's no time. Yeah, there's no, there's time, no time to worry like, about it. You know, yeah. <laughs> 
So it's basically carrying each other through like the dark parts. Like today, mile nine, the dark part came so soon. I was like, wow. Uh, This is the fact that she did that. And then there was another part where I was like, kind of, she came back to me and she's like, do we need to slow down? And I'm like, no, what are you talking about? Uh, but and then I did the same thing for her, like, you know, getting water and I would like share it with her. Uh, that's just I don't know how I am with things. I guess I'm the type of person I believe that when you lift each other up, that's when I feel the most like, mm-hmm. I don't know, comfort benefits and benefits yeah. you, benefits them. And yeah. then also just like what's meant for me be mine. Mm-hmm. Like just because mm-hmm. I help somebody else, it doesn't mean that they're going to you know yeah yeah be me so it's like a for everybody it's not this like oh i'm mean and you or mine's not yours and yeah there is enough room for everyone yeah, i don't know yeah. i mean i get it like the marathon and whatever it's a competition but i feel like i know when to like turn that on and when to turn it off mm-hmm. which sometimes i think i can be a little timid and people think that's like a weakness i'm like no that's just how i am mm-hmm. but <laughs> yeah and like the kind of like the nice part you can be nice and people can confuse that as weakness yeah you're like it's not a weakness no it's, it's, right. Right. Yeah, it's, not a weakness. Yeah. it's just, just part of you as a yeah. competitor and person yeah um you mentioned janet bacham like who are your other idols or not idols but i guess mentors in the running world janet obviously is very wise and knows a lot about marathons so she's yeah. a great one and i think you stayed with her in flagstaff a few yeah. times right and then, yeah. yeah and diane also so those two have been like really diane mccurry <laughs> Yeah. Yep. So I feel like I don't really have, I don't like to idolize people, mm-hmm. uh, but I do like to, like, I like to have these, I like to have good people around me. Like one of the reasons why I like you and Kurt is because, no, 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 really it's because I'm not, I tell people this all the time and they're like, oh, wow. Because I'm like, yeah, she's actually a real person because <laughs> you're not like uppity up. I'm like, oh, I'm this person. I'm this American record holder. You're like just human. Uh, I'm like not I like to know people and how they are I like to have real people I I don't like fake people I don't like when people are fake like I just can't handle it I'd rather have like nice wholesome good people around me who are there when I'm not doing well Mm -hmm. like today of course a lot of people are gonna be there and like you know talk to me but it's those people that were there when I was struggling for the two years yeah uh, and I'm so lucky. I feel like I have so many of those people, like my high school coach and his wife are not just like mentors in the sense of running, but just through life. Mm-hmm. Uh, their son is actually my godson. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I've just been so lucky to be surrounded by that. They yeah. just really want me to, you know, succeed as a person and not just a runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, Diane, too, she brings her own element to it. She's so fun. And she's like, <laughs> the way she approaches running as well. She's, you know, she's kind of uh, like me. She has, I think it's good to keep a uh, good perspective of life and running. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not, I just feel like it's sad that people identify their whole yeah your whole life on it and mm-hmm. it's almost like oh man like you're still gonna be okay and you're still gonna have a life without you know yeah absolutely you're more than your race you're, you're or, more than your results yeah exactly more than your time or your place yeah yeah absolutely. yeah and Jenna is just like again one of those people that just I remember running with them in 2016 when they were getting ready for like the trials in Rio and I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm out here with these two. Like, what am I doing? And I'm just like this little slow person trying to keep up with them. Uh, but just like they're just taking me under their wings. Uh, 
And I just like how they live their life. Yeah. Uh, I like people who are, you know, community oriented, are about giving back to running too, which mm-hmm. is awesome that you're doing that mm-hmm. for those Providence kids, Molly. <laughs> and you too, Abzi. You were coaching them for over a year. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, yeah. I find that like really rewarding, I think, um, to just be able to give that. Yeah. So, and they've kind of modeled that for you, that that's doable. They can be successful in their sport and yet do more for the community and be real people. Yeah. And if you think about it too, being coaching those kids, I find it inspiring. Mm -hmm. I think as an adult, sometimes you lose that part of you that gets so excited about the sport and like the fear. Like, I feel like as adults, we're so fearful. Oh, I shouldn't do that because X, Y, Z might happen. Kids, Mm -hmm. like I put our hurdles in front of them and some of those kids, I've never seen it. And they're like, I'm going to do it. And they started jumping and I'm like, oh my gosh, what have I done? Like somebody's going to die today. <laughs> so and like that inspires me. I'm like, wow, like they have no fear. Yeah. Yeah. And so they inspire you back. Yeah. You're there to, as, as a coach, as part of the New England Distance Project, just to kind of give people insight into what the, you actually do. You guys are uh, coaches for middle school mm-hmm. in Providence in Rhode Island. And so you were one of the coaches while you were training in yeah. Providence. And then... Um, what you're saying is that the kids also inspire you back. From oh, that. Yeah, yeah, the kids really inspire me as well as like, you know, the reason why I don't idolize as well is like uh, all of my teachers, too. Like mm-hmm. I, I loved my teachers. I had a really good school experience just because um, it's just like these are ordinary people who are doing like extraordinary things mm-hmm. that people don't mm-hmm. think about just because they don't get awards every day or they're mm-hmm. not doing this thing that's like publicized. Yeah, I feel like they get forgotten. But like just being good human, good mentors, yeah. caring about kids. Uh, and I had a lot of that where I grew up. The whole it's like a village thing where yeah. people just really yeah. care and like want you to succeed. And so I was lucky. Yeah, yeah. So they really taught you that. Yeah. That's brilliant. Um, and then on a day like today where you like have like so they help you helped you when you be grounded when you were struggling for a few mm-hmm. years and now on a day like today when you've had a really successful day five minute PR and mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah do you feel that support from your people again I do feel that yeah. and I even like when I started struggling at 21 I think about my coaches in the times that they have sacrificed with their families just so I can get like a second better. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, Kurt rather be at home hanging out with mm-hmm. his wife, you know, <laughs> instead of being in the weight room with us at 7 p.m. The same with my high school coach. Like, you know, he these coaches give up so much of themselves and their family time to be with us. And it's kind of like giving back to them mm-hmm. and like thanking them. Like, you know, if you think about college coaching, high school coaching, people don't know how much it goes into mm-hmm. it. Like you can't really you're always traveling, you're always mm-hmm. on the road. And even with post-collegians, like mm-hmm. There's so many life things that come up as a coach that you still have to be so involved in yeah. helping out. And so I was like, come on, you gave, they gave up all that time and you can't really get through this. It's only five more miles. Obviously, I read that you're, um, one, so you're doing a little bit of your own workouts now, it sounds like, or do you, I don't know if anyone's advising you now, but I saw somewhere your favorite workout is five by five miles can you talk about you <laughs> you work hard even though you're working and running like you work hard when you run and you love long I know you love long runs and long workouts so yeah. what's your what is your mileage like and um what what kind of work were you doing for this build-up uh so I don't like the term self-coached 
basically, because I feel like if you're self-coach, you came up with the original theory and I'm not that smart. (laughs) (laughs) So what I've really done is like I've kind of borrowed from what I've learned from my high school coach, my college coach and Kurt. And then I'm just like, okay, so which one do I feel like doing this week? (laughs) So I kind of combine those things. uh, And yeah, like my workouts are a little bit different. It's not like in the past where I'm like, okay. I'm going to go ahead and do track stuff. Uh, but when I do them, it's kind of nice because Phoenix, you know, you have those trails that are dirt. Uh, so like my repeats, yeah, I can do my repeats. But lately I've been doing a lot of fart licks. Uh, and one of the reasons is, I think I can say this and Janet won't kill me, <laughs> is we were just talking about this. Like if you think about tempos, you're just trying to stay on the same pace. But with racing, really, you never do that. You kind of like, you know, it's like a fart lick. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing a lot of that lately. And I try not to read too much into them, keep it simple. Um, so I think the longest like tempo I've done is like eight miles. <laughs> and I don't break six minutes when I do any of my workouts in Phoenix. 6.30 is usually like it for me because I can't push myself fast. Wow. And yet today you got with the pace you ran. Like, I think it was like 540s. Is it yeah, 540s? There yeah. you go, people. So. <laughs> and so what is this workout Molly's talking about five by five miles? You don't do that. That's really Well, great. I mean, like, no, I do like those actually if I have people to do them with. Yeah, I do love like the mile repeats uh, and, you know, that type of workout. So do you like write out your training for the week or you just do whatever you feel like? Uh, so yeah, throughout the week, I kind of have a very good plan of okay. what I'm going to do, but I try to keep my workout dates on my days off. Mm-hmm. So my Sundays, I try to do a long run or Monday sometimes, depending on how I'm feeling. And then, uh, on Tuesday I'll do my workout. And then I do, uh, I'm like a true believer in the weight room. So I go to the weight room at least twice a week. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, and when so I go, in- oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just, <laughs> I was going to ask more about your long run and your, um, like mileage for workouts oh yeah yeah so yeah for mileage I love mileage so yes I, I know like up to, <laughs> I'll do up to like 95 to 100 but I won't go past that wow okay yeah 110 has been the highest I've done uh for this build up has been kind of up between like 95 95 was probably like the cap just because I ran twin cities in October that was October 6th okay. so I kind of wanted you go to be there? careful uh, what'd you say? How did it go? It went well. I think I had a tiny PR. My PR before that was 236 and I ran a 235 at Twin Cities. Uh, mm-hmm. and I was quick turnaround then. That was only a what, like six weeks? Yeah. Ago. So I kind of like tried to use it mentally. Like, oh, you did a marathon. You're in good shape. <laughs> <laughs> did you take a break at all or? Uh, not really. Like the first like five days after I just did like four mile runs, mm-hmm. six miles, the highest I did that week. So, but I did run every day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I incorporated like the weight room, I think it's great. Um, I just, I love lifting. My college coach came and got me into that, our strength and conditioning coach. And uh, it's just been like, it keeps me healthy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I've, that's one of the things I've lacked out on is my body can really handle a lot. Yeah, wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. How did you find the energy for 100 miles a week and 40 hours a week? <laughs> that's the thing though like I see all these moms out there that are like super moms and sometimes I tell myself I have this co-worker who's doing his PhD and he has three kids and I'm like 
if he has three kids in a job, what are you complaining about? Like, I tell myself these things because it's true. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, people do this with kids. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm like, how do they do it? I don't know. But I, <laughs> <laughs> it's just me. Do you sleep a lot? What's your, like, you know, what's your secret recovery? Oh, but... sleep. I was bad at sleep until I met Kurt. <laughs> I got better. <laughs> I got better. I think, man, I wish I slept more in college. Yeah. Mm. So I've gotten really good at sleep. Uh, mm. So you know that many some, hours a week, guys. Gosh, <laughs> I would say I try to stay six, six to eight. You know, Not that <laughs> six to eight is usually a good number. Just because Fridays, like my workday, starts super early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so do you catch up on your days off? Like, do you no, but I don't do a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I'm very like, yeah. uh, you know, You're able to chill. I, I, yeah, I try to like relax on my days off. Uh, just, you know, and also have like a good balance too, just to mm-hmm. to be able to do other things that I enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Is your work sedentary or do you run around a lot for your work as well? Um, I sit, it's a little bit of both because okay. we work in teams. Oh, but okay. most of the time, the students that I work with are on the phone. Oh, so okay. I'm on the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. saving your legs. And exactly, yeah. exactly. But that's also different too, like yeah. uh, for me, because I'm like a busy person. I yeah. like to be moving around. That's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So work is probably helping you recover instead of the other way around. <laughs> yeah, it goes into my right? But I think food is like really one of the most important things. I think just uh yeah, like I'm I'm lucky that I grew up in a culture where like eating is, you know, you just mm-hmm. I just eat. Like my majority of my food that I eat is very healthy. Mm-hmm. But it's it's sort of like makes me sad that any runner would ever have issues with eating. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, this is like the prime eat sport. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I just, I love it. Like, it makes you so hungry, right? Running is like, yeah, you can't eat when you're yeah. 100 miles a week. When the hell can you eat? Yeah. yeah. And like, it does seem, I, I don't, I haven't looked at stats, but like eating disorders in like East African culture doesn't seem very common to me. That's, I mean, that would be silly yeah. over there, I'm guessing. Like, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I mean, I remember asking, um, one of my Kenyan friends at a race, what their training diet was like. And they were like, why would you ask me something like that? It's so like, that's not something we think about <laughs> or like, yeah. that's not something we like fixate on. Yeah. And I think that is a really interesting thing because if you think about some of the best in the world come from there. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that I always wonder is what did this idea of like, if you're going to be this small, this body type, you're going to be fast. Like, where did it come from? Because like you said, it, that's one of the things I love about being around Africans is they're very, and they're very flexible too. And not all the Americans are not, but like they're very flexible and uh, they're very nice to themselves when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it has a lot to do with what they eat too. You know, when you're brought up in a culture where a lot of things are not packaged, we grew up, I think I had my first processed food when I came here at 12. Mm-hmm. Until then, it was just like everything came from the ground. Um, you know, yeah. I walked barefoot until I was eight. So that mm-hmm. has a lot to do with my bones being somewhat, yeah. you know, decently, you know, strong. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think it culturally too, that contributes. But yeah. I think it's so silly. Now those things are like, you know, oh, we're too going to buy local or eat local <laughs> or not wear shoes, like barefoot running and all that. And yeah, and like, I think oh, you, there, that was just how I was brought up. Yeah, that's just how I was <laughs> brought up. And I think you also have to be realistic. Like runners in the East could do that because mm-hmm. that's what they have versus here. If you're going to mm-hmm. try to run in 100 miles on the cement, that would be great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> painful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. 
But I think, Molly, you're very good at that. You're very good at, like, putting that out there that it's okay and, you know, being healthy and you're a very healthy runner. So I appreciate that about you. Yeah, I just, I always found diet fell into a category of, like, make sure you're getting the healthy, nutritious foods. But other than that, it, it's not, like, something I fixate on. I fixate more on, like, my training plan and the details <laughs> yeah. of that. But, you know, runners are runners just are um sometimes they do fixate on something too much it's like we're type a's usually often but I think yeah like you were saying in African culture it can be more relaxed and like the type b personality can win overall maybe if you're more flexible and going with the flow and um really feeling things and being intuitive with training and taking care of yourself yeah and I think planning has a lot to do with it so I get it we're busy here so that's why I'm like Okay, Tuesday is my cook day. I go Mm -hmm. to Trader Joe's or whatever grocery store there is around. Not to endorse, but they're awesome. (laughs) And, you know, I get all my meats and my veggies and I make my food for the rest of the week and then... That's great. And that's why I like there's some questions about that. I'm like, how do you do that? <laughs> so yeah, there's, there's, there's strategies, there's hacks for that, like yeah. how you're doing it and yeah. managing that. Yeah. Um, and on that, like, are you sponsored right now? Are you part of a group or a club or, um, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's like the last thing on my mind. No, yeah. uh, I am not. Uh, I just... Yeah, I run by myself seven days a week. And it was nice. Sometimes Molly, when she's around and with her, I ran with her and Emily once when she was here. So that was nice. Down in Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But other than that, and then I've ran with uh, like maybe since I moved to Phoenix, I think on my hands, I've ran with people five times. Nice. Other than that, yeah. and I've been there six months. Other than that, I'm just by myself yeah. every day. Okay. Yeah. And that you don't mind that like it's just your do you listen to music, your books, you uh, just like Yeah, you know, I think sometimes like you when you make a choice, you have to be okay with it. Mm-hmm. That's what I told myself. I'm like, you're not going to complain about running by yourself because you chose this. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. you have in life like, you know, you have a you have to look at things, the choices that you make the outcomes and kind of like how you're going to combat that Mm -hmm. because running by yourself seven days a week can be very negative or it can be very positive. Mm -hmm. And I've chosen to kind of use it as a positive of like, Oh, well I get to do how I feel. It's Mm -hmm. like my body. (laughs) um, But, and then also, yeah, like you said, I listen to music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like a huge country music fan. Yeah. So, <laughs> so <yeah>. Iowa girl. <laughs> yeah, truly. And then I think sometimes too, like, uh, it's good to do run without anything because Phoenix mm-hmm. is some, like some parts of Phoenix are really beautiful people. You got to get out there and explore. Yeah. And the place where I've chosen to live in North Phoenix, uh, all there is behind me is like a dirt path. Oh, nice. So yeah. some days I just go on easy and go on the dirt paths. Mm-hmm. I have encountered one coyote and I'm freaked out. <laughs> so it might be a while before I get back on those by myself. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah we have those That's in our funny. neighborhood so even. Oh, yeah, I know. Gosh. I'm like... I've seen a few and I've, they're more afraid of me than I am of them, but uh, definitely don't want to be alone in the middle of nowhere. With a I really thought it was a dog. I was like, what is this? And then I'm like, <laughs> not a dog, but it ran away. I was like, thank yeah. God. <laughs> yeah, That's brilliant. So, and just like on your like setter time today um, and you weren't really expecting it, you were just hoping for a pure, just going to just go and take a risk with uh, the eventual winner, Jane, is it? Mm-hmm. Um, did, am I right by saying that you got like a, a half marathon PR during the race? 
Yeah, what well, was I? Because I saw your, it was like 74 or 73, 15, and a half. Okay, so, so right around that. Yeah, yeah. right around okay. there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure because on some record thing, it said you hadn't run that fast. Yeah. Year, but, I, but that was actually right after Twin Cities. I think two, three weeks after that I ran the 113. Oh, weeks. okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, that's pretty so it's pretty recent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you like to race a lot. I I do, but I've been really good. I think Kurt would be very proud because <laughs> yeah, this is less racing than normal. Because, uh, not not because just because I can't actually with work and everything. Yeah. <laughs> not well, but yeah. So I've only yeah they've been pretty close together, but I've I've been pretty good at managing. Okay, um, so what what is next? Is Olympic trials or will you keep going until yeah, then? Yeah, so I keep going back and forth about the trials but I think I am gonna go and run it uh like it was never like not going wasn't an option but then I was thinking about it and I was just like because everybody wants to talk about how like competitive the field is and up front and everything and I was like well yeah it'd be cool to just go watch but if it's gonna be that competitive then what am I gonna be doing (laughs) but you know I think it's cool that everybody gets to run at their level uh so yeah I'll do the trials for sure uh but I'll definitely have a race before that that's for sure (laughs) (laughs) and you take an easy week this week yeah yeah you you ever take days off at all um not it's not planned it's not intentional sometimes if it happens because of scheduling Mm. I I let it and I'm like oh whatever (laughs) but (laughs) um but yeah, so yeah. I probably just run easy this week though. When I say run, I mean like maybe I'll do four miles a day and then, you know, wow. maybe aqua jog. Because I, I just, aqua jogging has been fun after marathons just because it gets all mm-hmm. the stuff out without the impact. Yeah, brilliant, yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, well, listen, thank you so much for coming in. Molly, do you have any more questions there, Robsy? Um, well, we're missing Alicia today, so I could ask Alicia's question of, um, <laughs> here at Keeping Track, we like to tell the story of the whole athlete, and is there anything that you want to talk about your story that um, isn't told enough, or you feel like the, the main message that you want to get out about your personal running journey? Ooh. <laughs> we talked about a lot. I mean, you probably yeah. Yeah. And I feel like you yeah, actually. Actually, you know what I love? Uh, um, remember your Saucony ad where you were talking about how your smile and running were both like a universal language when you first came to the U.S.? I loved yeah. that so much. Oh. <laughs> or running is like a smile. Like when you came to the U.S., that's how you like made relationships. Yeah, that's definitely, I think, uh, it's true for me. I think running for me is a way that is where I'm, I feel the most confident. It's when I feel like uh, I'm open to people. Uh, so definitely, I think it's like a language and like a smile is a universal language and running is like the same because, you know, whether you run slow, fast or whether you're like, you know, like Molly, which is awesome, stud, Olympian. <laughs> and then, or, you know, you're just, people are run at different levels, but at the same time, we're all in it together. Like all the marathoners today, even who are still out there, you know, however many hours later, they're still on that same journey. They might have different time goals, but, uh, so I love that it's connecting me. It's really opened up my world in my mind and what I can do like with other things it motivates me every day to get better you know be a better advisor and be a better student so I feel like it kind of you know touches on every part of my life 
So it's more than just running a 230 or running, if I ever run a PR again, which I'd be so happy or running like a sub 230 is a goal for me, a lifetime goal. And uh, whether that happens or not, it's like, you know, it's okay. I still yeah. get so much more out of it. Mm, yeah. Exactly. Brilliant. Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much, Absi, and congrats again. Thank you. So Thanks for having you. me. You yeah. guys are awesome. I listen to yeah. this all the time, by the way. I've listened to every single episode. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for having Thank me. Yeah. Keep track. Keep track. Keep track. Keep Major shout outs to What Cheer Writers Club Podcasting Studio, a nonprofit supporting Rhode Island's content creators and where Roshin and I record, and to Rudy Nakashima for our funky outro song. Thanks, guys. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see, they've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo Joe. Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star, a new series from Crowd Network.